0: Welcome to 42 Answers from Founders for Founders, a podcast series brought to you by Project A Ventures, the operational VC. My name is Rainer Berak, operating partner at Project A, and our guest today is Pia Frey. In this podcast, we talk to great founders and to those who have been great founders in the past or work closely with those. We ask them the same set of questions in some domains that we think matter tremendously for building a a successful company. That is tech, growth, people, data, and ESG. Pia, let's start with who are you and what do you do? And probably also, why do you do it?
1: I'm Pia, I'm co-founder of Opinary and uh, co-CEO of Opinary and I'm uh, a trade journalist uh, turned founder. And uh, yeah, with about 120% of my time, I'm running Opinary. And I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it because, um, because we were driven by the idea to get uh, people's voices heard in, um, in content, in articles, in journalistic content and outside of uh, closed walled gardens. And uh, that's been driving me for the last um, six years.
0: Uh-huh. Can you tell us a little bit more about opinionary? How does that work? How do you do what, what you just described? And maybe also, who is your target group?
1: Sure, so I think many people know opinary without knowing that they know opinary um when you read articles you sometimes find a little um, question in in the article with a moving needle where you can um where you can uh take a position and answer, uh, and share your opinion on uh, a given question and this can be anything from would you buy a, a an e vehicle or um uh, what do you think about the current um, Um, situation in the Ukraine. And um, this is technology that enables people to express their opinion, which um, lets um, our clients, publishers and advertisers build a direct connection and um, gather first-party data about their target audiences.
0: Very interesting model. So I guess really everybody knows you because everybody who reads news online, which is, I guess, everybody, uh, has already like summed across these 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 needles and has moved them left and right because everybody likes to be asked something and give their opinion. Hence, probably the name opinionary. I guess yeah. And the data that you gather with that very, very very interesting model. Thanks for that. Now let's get started with our questionnaire and we start with the chapter. People, if you would start a company today, what would be your first five hires?
1: First would be tech. Um, Tech, sales, content, and operations would be first hires for us. Uh, Rather senior or
0: junior people to start with?
1: Um, I'm a fan of uh, hiring junior people um, in the first place, or especially in early stage, um, finding talents, and then um, getting them up to speed and letting them grow beyond what they know that they can do. Yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, if you think of that, were these your first five hires?
1: Mm, I'd say yes. Yeah, basically yes. I think operations were last. Um, uh, Tech, content, sales, operations. Yes, more or less, yes. What are the
0: hardest hires today?
1: Uh, For us, it's uh, sales and tech.
0: Is it uh, these two domains or is it the combination of the two? Because that's Um, what we hear a lot.
1: Interesting. No, um, I haven't thought of them in in interconnected ways Um, it's these two domains yeah
0: okay we are are actually getting back to that uh, to that point a little bit later when we talk about when we talk about sales Uh, question number four how do you measure employee satisfaction
1: um, we run monthly satisfaction surveys along uh, a broad set of questions, and um, also as a part of our development uh, system for employees, um, satisfaction is measured. And then, um, along those categories where we identify problems or um, uh, needs to work on, um, we, um, we take them as a part and in, oh, we, we include them in our OKR and uh, and work on them in a, in a in a focused way, so yeah, monthly satisfaction okay. service uh,
0: do, do you use a tool for
1: that? We are using Leapsum, mm-hmm. which I can recommend. It's very yeah. simple and uh, and yeah for our needs.
0: Actually, Jenny, one of the founders of Leapsum will also be part of this uh, podcast.: so
1: Ah, hi Jenny.
0: I, I bet she will be glad to hear that um coming from satisfaction to performance how do you measure employee performance
1: we're working both with kpis and okrs where okrs are leading our strategy focus and kpis are uh, used in addition as um uh, yeah as performance indicators and um this is alongside individual development plans that are um that are followed by with a biannual development review cycle interesting
0: um okrs were very fashionable um, and probably still are uh, do, you, do you use an okr coach or anything like that or do you just do that internally by yourself
1: every now and then we get external uh reviews from um, on our specific okr um execution and when we set it up in i think 2018 and um, yes we were we were working with a coach but now it's um it's working quite routinized uh, across the company.
0: Thanks. Question number six. How should an organization be structured?
1: Oh God, I think this really depends. It depends on the size of of the company most of all, I think. It depends on the field you're operating in. It depends on um, also your financial situation. But uh, to us, we have three hierarchy levels. We're not a uh holocracy we have the sea level we have team leads and we have the team and um each team has a high level of ownership and that's something that we um that we um that we very much focus on uh, on the decision making power of uh each and every individual, and uh, but final responsibilities about a, um, a unit's uh, result lies with the level representative, who also holds V two power on strategic decisions, and uh, company OKR initiatives um, are sourced from across the team. So any intern can suggest something that um, uh, the team should be working on in a uh, in a quarter, alongside those strategic. OKR, objective goals that are set by the C-level. And yeah, we also try to uphold a high level of company transparency um, with uh, monthly Q&As, with uh, a very open um, communication system in Slack. So we try to encourage everyone to speak up when they disagree or have questions.
0: Thank you. What's your approach to culture? I guess you answered a little bit of that just now, but...
1: Yeah, ownership definitely plays a role. Um, I think um, what matters to us or what we learned is that it's really important to set clear guidelines and goals, and then we try to let operators operate and supporting the team in finding the right solutions. Um, We have, on a very, very early company stage, um, defined uh, a set of values um, that are not only posters on the wall but um, brought up, uh, also on a um like whenever something is going wrong people point out um where there's a misalignment with our company values and those are to us ownership uh, as I said care and respect uh, in the way we interact with each other grow and experiment uh, encouraging everyone to um to grow to set goals on what you want to learn and where you want to um develop further and uh, orienting and empower which is uh, basically tied to our tools and the technology and the product itself where our main ambition is to um, provide users with orientation and empowering them to express their voice uh, where they couldn't do it before.
0: Question number eight remote first or office first?
1: Um, I think this is not an either or um, answer. We are hybrid uh, and we had no mandatory office presence even before COVID. Um, I love our office and I love the connections that are grown from the personal interaction um, in the office, Um, but we are a hybrid company, so no one is forced uh, to come to the office. Next chapter is tech.
0: Is opinionary a tech company?
1: Um, I'm sometimes struggling with the with the definition of tech company, but yes, in the sense that Opinery is an ad technology, and the core of our product and our business is tech. Yes, we're a tech company.
0: Product or development, who's in the lead?
1: Um, we had both in the past, and but um, since uh, two years, uh, our uh, CTO is superior to our head of product, so. Um, Development is in the lead.
0: Um, can you elaborate a little bit? Is there a specific reason or is it more because it's it depends on the person who's, who's leading one or the other team and it's just like the, the, the one who's the better fit to take the lead here?
1: Um, when we hired a new CTO, uh, I think t- uh, one and a half or two years ago, uh, we tried to find a CTO with product experience, um, but as um tech and um, development is the larger part of the team, we, we we put CTO first. Okay. Eleven,
0: who decides what to develop next?
1: Um, there is not a single entity. Um, it's m- rather the combination of representatives and our market needs um, and our user needs and our company growth targets. So, um, and the decision is made by the C-level, on those set goals, and then uh, it's an all-team-sourced OKR process that uh, that guides this uh, the process.
0: Yeah, that taps already into the next question. How does the decision process work? Can you elaborate a little bit more, like really, like step-by-step? Step, there's this is probably an idea, and it it, it is related, obviously, or st- structured or should be structured by your OKR process, et cetera. But then what's the process until the... The, the team knows really like which specifications to write uh, what to develop
1: uh, I'm trying to elaborate or to give an example um so for example um, we identified that we have an amazing product for for publishers and for advertisers but it has a scalability issue um, because it's not um, a, it's not a standard ad format and requires a high level of customization and operational back and forth. Um, so the decision that we need to um, add a scalable and standard ad product to our product suite was made on the c level because we just saw that our uh, revenues um, are um, or that our mm, uh, our company growth speed is um uh, is limited by the product um that we by our core product. So the the decision that we need to develop something that goes beyond what we have has been made on a C-level and um, defined as an OKR last year. And then the OKR discovery process of what we're going to build there was led by the team leads. This was um, product lead, um, sales lead, um, publisher lead. And uh, their results then fed the discovery process and uh, the development decisions that, that, are, that have been made.
0: Okay. What's your take on product-led growth?
1: Um, so basically our whole business, um, where the money is coming from, is driven by the popularity and the visibility of our product, by the fact that each and every um, um, Einkaufsleiter and CMO we're talking to is familiar with our tools. So um, I think this can be called a product-led growth, um, but we haven't defined it as such.
0: But it is probably your salespeople do reach out to, to, to the people who, who buy your tool, right? It's not like creeping through the market by, completely by itself or so. Yes. Based on network effects.
1: Exactly. So. It still uh, includes uh, a sales process. Which role
0: does design play in your company?
1: Um, it's an overarching role that design plays. So um, we're not a design-led company, I would say. Um, but uh, design plays a role in the way that our tools um, have a very unique and specific design that's very recognizable and aims to be recognizable for users. And um, secondly, design is uh, in a core enabler for our marketing and uh, and sales efforts
0: could you ever imagine to outsource software development or do you probably do that to some extent
1: um we don't do it we're all in-house um right now um in the very beginning uh, we outsource uh, like we 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 didn't hire developers in the very first place when we're when we um tested the idea in the first place and uh, but i don't have any set principles against outsourced software development. To us, in-house is working better because we're quite a complex um, technology um, where we're just um, faster and more efficient uh, with in-house.
0: The next chapter is... growth. Thinking of a complete funnel, brand, marketing, sales, customer success. Do you have all these functions at Opinry?
1: We do have all this... Functions, Um, we do have two uh, target audiences, uh, target groups, uh, client groups, publishers and brands. So those functions are operating uh, across those two units. And customer success at Opinary is rather defined as account management and um, uh, mostly focused on the publisher side at Opinary. But uh, yes, we do have all these functions.
0: Who's in the lead out of those, um, and how are they structured? Is there like, do they have like one common person on top? I don't know something like a chief revenue officer or so. And yeah, how how do they interact? How does it work together?
1: There is no hierarchy uh, in between those. Um, I think um, the needs from our representative from uh, the like publishers, um, publisher sales, and uh, and ad sales have, of course, the are closest to our customer needs and our customer success. So, but uh, effectively they rather work as a flywheel than as a hierarchy. So um, we wouldn't operate in a system where uh, our COO Diana is uh, telling uh, Julia we need X by date Z, but it's a co-creating process across those units.
0: How do you make sure they don't work in silos and blame each other in case the revenue doesn't put in? Sometimes a problem in tech B2B companies, sales says the leads that marketing provides aren't great and marketing says sales doesn't convert them well, just as one example. How how, how do you avoid that?
1: Mm, I think with Opinori it's uh, avoided or um, it's our cultural um standards that avoid those siloed and uh, finger-pointing um, mechanisms. So I think it's basically a very, very strong sense of collaboration in between those units that um, in many situations that I can recall lead to a, a all-hands-on-deck mentality rather than a finger-pointing mentality. And that's maintained by those defined values that I mentioned before.
0: Interesting. So cultural approach rather than an incentive scheme or so that works across the different functions.
1: I mean, we have shared KPIs as well, right? So um, when sales targets are not hit, it also affects what, for example, the publisher's uh, KPIs. And then everyone suffers when those targets are not hit. But this rather intensifies a collaborative sense than a finger pointing mechanism.
0: Yeah, thank you. How important is brand for you?
1: Um, it is very important in the sense that everyone knows these units, these things, this moving needles in content. Um, but brand matters a lot in the sense that those units have a very positive association uh, with our clients. And this is, I think, um, um, a brand identity value that we have without having. Actively invested it in 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 it in the in the first couple of years.
0: How do you approach it then? Um, you do have a brand. Everybody has a brand. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you do in order to define your brand? What's what's your approach here?
1: We're currently in a process of understanding our brand better and uh, setting more explicit um, principles around our brand and how we how we present our brand towards our clients so in the past this was very organic um our brand building and our brand identity and we're just now getting starting in understanding better what are the success drivers in our brand identity in the past and where are our shortfalls and where we have for example um um misleading brand principles or a miscommunication in between units and how those units represent opinion to the outside world. Which
0: marketing channels do you use and why?
1: Um, so our most important marketing and visibility channel are our, is our product itself, is the visibility of thousands and thousands of daily polls that are displayed in articles every day. And this is um, our most important and relevant marketing channel basically um and other than that uh, linkedin is uh, playing a big role twitter is play is important especially for our journalistic and publisher side and um uh, and beyond that uh, we're running a podcast um uh, omr media highly recommended very powerful interviews with media representatives and um and our like yeah our website is our business card but we don't put too much um attention on it
0: okay is performance marketing dead or dying soon
1: no it's definitely not dead and i neither think it's dying soon Um i think it's just um changing a lot and um and with opinory we have um at the moment um focused on a rather organic marketing system where um um the performance is um harder to measure, but um, I can see several industries where uh, performance marketing is playing an increasing role and has no signals of dying anytime soon.
0: Do you have salespeople? I guess you answered that earlier.
1: We do have salespeople.
0: And uh, where do you find good digital savvy salespeople?
1: Um, With most of our hires, in the end, it's uh, network-driven. And um, yeah, it's network.
0: I mean, maybe where this question is coming from is what we see a lot in a lot of companies and, and quite some interview partners here actually confirmed that is that there are a lot of good salespeople, but they're missing that digital link or vice versa, like um, native digital people. For them, sales is often not the domain where they want to go into. You, you don't have that problem?
1: Um as mentioned before, uh, sales is one of the hardest uh, roles to hire, and um, our uh, most of our um, salespeople are, or currently, our uh, hiring efforts are focused on salespeople coming from agencies with an existing agency network. And there, we don't have those um, digital savviness problem, um, but it's um, but it's hard, and it's getting harder. In our experience.
0: Next chapter. Data. How does data make Opinary successful?
1: Opinary wouldn't function without data. Uh, The way our tools are getting distributed in contextually relevant articles, thousands and thousands of questions um, covering any given topic uh, across different languages displayed and distributed into articles is uh, purely data Led and driven um, effort. Secondly, um, extracting those data and um, transferring them back into our clients' uh, DMP and first-party data segments is uh, data-driven. So, um, Opinory wouldn't not only not be successful without data, but would not exist without data.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, Which of your teams are supported by your data team?
1: Um, So. So, first of all, our data team is responsible for this for our um AI that makes sure that we distribute and match articles and uh, with polls, uh, whether the way they are supposed to be integrated in. And so it's it's, if you will, it's sales, it's publishers, it's operations that are dependent on our Uh, on our data team and our data team again then is structured in between uh, into different units but i think we get to this later
0: Um, but internally is it mostly like something that supports marketing in order you know to to drive campaigns is it also helping the product team or
1: product first product first okay does the team
0: the, the data team answer specific questions rather or do they explore available data to find opportunities
1: so uh, our data team uh, and in particular our uh, data science uh, unit is addressed with specific questions uh, on a very regular unit. Shout out to Hector and Doreen who are diligently answering those questions um, over and over again. But um, more importantly, um, the data team um, are um, seeking the opportunities in alignment with our company, OKR. So when the when the challenge is we need to... Uh, have 20% more reach in the next quarter, then the data team is getting into uh, is getting into it and finding opportunities that probably the uh, account managers who are trying to get more inventory across our partners have not even thought about.
0: How do you make sure that people really do what the data recommend? What we sometimes see in some companies is that um, if, if you take marketing that um, or, or also other functions, that in the you have a data warehouse and it shows you that you should do this and that, and if you just simply look in the user stats, the the, the people who should actually like take their decisions based on uh, campaign success, etc., they are not fully using that. It's 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 sometimes that a dashboard is built for a marketing manager who's just not using that. And the question is, what can you do in order to make people? Use the data they they get presented.
1: Um, I think the dashboards are a good example on that. Um, we have multiple dashboards, and those dash- dashboards, most of them, have been built upon request from sales, account management, operations people, and so um, I think this is a very good guarantee for uh, um, a data that's prov- for data that are provided uh, to be actually used, but. More Overall, we have a very, I think, a very data-driven mindset across the company and are all very eager to have data team's hypothesis verified or discarded.
0: Which tools and infrastructure in data do you use?
1: Mm, we're fully integrated into the Google Cloud system. And then we leverage open source tools and machine learning um, models for our recommendations systems that's recommending where polls are being played out
0: how is your data team structured which roles do you have there
1: so there are three broader overlapping roles um covering data engineers data analysts and data scientists and those three are then overviewed by the cto who himself is a data scientist or has a uh, has experience as a data scientist.
0: Ah, interesting. So that means uh, that's the next question: uh, Where is data or the the, the data uh, team located within your organization? That is then sitting with the CTO and and within the tech team. Yes. Okay. If you look at GDPR, is that for you rather a struggle or an opportunity?
1: Um, as a mark for from a market perspective, it's a huge opportunity for us, and um, because it's um it's uh, Increasing the relevance of first-party data and those direct relationships that we are building for our clients um, with their users, um, the GDPR is increasing the relevance of this massively. It's also strengthening or um, at least with um, publishers with higher volumes has a big opportunity to Uh, to strengthen those publishers but operationally and um, uh, with the legal work around it of course it's also a burden in adjusting to all those regulations and uh, and 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 the um, um the blurriness of some of those regulations is also a burden thank you next chapter environmental social and governance
0: Why didn't you, instead of a Opinry, start an ESG company?
1: Um, We were focused on a very specific social cause, which was strengthening journalism by enabling publishers to build better relationships with their audiences and um, following their strategic goals, which then opened up a big network um, of publishers uh, with prominent placements, uh, which enabled us to to distribute um, a better kind of ads. Um, but the cause and the, 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 the mission behind it was strengthening um, journalism by which we think um, uh, we strengthen democracy in a, uh, in a, in a big sense.
0: Okay. Um, what does Opinory do in order to help our environment?
1: We're part of the uh, Leaders for Climate Action Network. Uh, we spend uh, several thousand euros every year uh, for compensation. And uh, we have a dedicated unit within uh, within the team that's focusing on uh, on further actions around environmental issues.
0: Which role does the S in ESG so social um, play in the way you run your business?
1: I think if we had uh, stepped away from our main purpose um, around strengthening journalism and um, supporting free speech by making people express their voice, um there were opportunities to to distance ourselves from this cause and this mission, and uh, instead um, focusing on a scalable ad business uh, much sooner and ha- more harshly. But um, we were very—it's just—it's just our core um, that that we think that this um, opinion mechanism and opinion led. Interaction with users, Uh, question first, matters, and so it's part of our core.
0: How about governance? Which criteria do you follow here?
1: We have no set governance criteria, I must say. Okay, fair enough.
0: Um, Now, there is a little bit of ESG focus in the industry. Um, If you focus on, 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 on this overall topic... Do you think it rather helps you get funding? Is it, so do investors value that? Or do you feel like investors rather see it as a deflection from being fully revenue-focused?
1: I think there's a growing uh, focus on um, on ESG with investors. And I think for Opinory in particular, um, our um, uniqueness has been um, driven by our by the kind of valuable interactions that we um that we drive with audiences um and i think um uh, that it was at no time uh, any investors uh, ambition to uh, let openry step away from this um from this usp that we have do you have
0: an esg officer or anything similar at openry no who who would be the closest, to the person closest to that topic who would probably look, look into such topics?
1: So um, I think I would not install an ESG officer for the reason that I think um, isolating a person or a team uh, to ensure good cause is then enabling the rest of the team to deprioritize it themselves and just say, yeah, they are responsible for it. It's the same like... Innovation teams in big companies, uh, where it's very hard to um, um, to, ins- to 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 bring innovation to uh, or to have a cross-company innovative approach when there's a singular and isolated team working on it. Um, but what's most closest to an ESG officer, I would say probably, is um, um, uh, other people that are driving our uh, our climate actions. Uh, requesting and pushing it. Um, this has been very team led. Uh, secondly, I think our publishers team is uh, very um, <laughs> is very close to our social purpose. Um, and thirdly, also our data team is um, mm, is core to what we do in terms of getting people's voices heard and making the impact about it visible.
0: Okay, so you wouldn't locate it at some point, at some specific point in the organization, but it's more like uh, an effort of the whole organization to 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 improve you as a company. You in could that.
1: definitely argue against it and say when it's no when it's all people everyone's responsibility is this. It's no one's responsibility. But I think that's not so much our problem. Uh, we have a, a I think the general opinion opinionarian mindset um, is uh, deflecting this risk. <laughs> Last
0: three questions. Which one is the one podcast all founders should listen to?
1: Um, I can just tell you what I'm uh, listening to most attentively. I love the Pivot podcast uh, with uh, Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher, uh, where I think um, market developments um, are discussed on a very very, uh, high and elaborated level. Okay.
0: What are your top two pieces of advice for early stage founders?
1: Um, think big and start small. Mm, with the highlight of the start small. Pro- now in Germany, you have to also highlight the think big aspect. Um, and then uh, we've learned this a hard way uh, time and again, start with a problem and not with a solution.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last question and my personal growth hack. What are the two other founders that you will make an intro to for me that I should totally ask this set of questions?
1: I want to highlight two ex-employees who just turned founders who are working on a similar but different uh, uh, thing, um, which is uh, making our remote life and work life better. And this is uh, Valerie Kremer, who is the founder of Remy, um, um, and they are, um, they are providing tools and technology that helps teams to have a better working culture um, in remote setups. And uh, secondly, this would be uh, Vicky Kormish. And maybe I can name a third one, uh, Vicky Kormish, uh who is uh, building a technology that um, enables people to, uh, to form remote connections, interpersonal connections uh, in a consistent way, in a, in a lifetime where you don't bump into each other every second day. Okay,
0: that's it. Thank you very much. I'm very much looking forward to the introductions, so, so please send them away. way. Um, thanks, Pia, for being here with us. Thanks for all the insights. I wish you a wonderful day and a lot of success with OpenReach.
1: We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating.